Welcome back, everyone, to the Sports Report with Ryan. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I have Cassie. We're going to talk about March Madness so far, all the upsets, and, um, yeah, kind of wrap up. And Cassie's a longtime family friend. She's played basketball, and once she played basketball, she played college basketball, loves watching basketball, so it was really fun to talk to her, and I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back, everybody, and today I'm doing a March Madness podcast with Cassie. Cassie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is going to be a real fun one. I love March Madness, so let's get right into it. Right now, we're going to be talking about the upsets. So the first upset was Oral Roberts over Ohio State. Oral Roberts is ranked the 15th seed, and Ohio State was ranked 2. This was one of the biggest upsets in the bracket so far. This was a great game, and it busted a lot of people's brackets. But, Cassie, what were some key players or plays to this game that made Oral Roberts win? Yeah, it definitely busted my bracket. Oral Roberts totally showed up and came to play, and I think they took Ohio State by surprise. A few key um, notes from that game, though, looking at the statistics, is Oral Roberts had two players, their guard, number three, and their forward, who's number zero, um, with 29 and 30 points. One of them shot five for 10 from the three line, and the other one shot five for 12. They played the whole game, including the OT. And those guys, I think they just, they showed up and they, as a team, Oral Roberts caused Ohio State to turn the ball over 16 times. Um, Ohio State lost by three, but that's 16 possessions um, that they that they could have totally um, executed on. And I think that that was also key. I think too, when every, every year we come into March Madness and there's always a few games where, you know, the higher ranked team just doesn't come to play or they think it's just going to be an easy ride. And I think that that's what happened with Ohio State. And they just kind of started way behind and Oral Roberts capitalized on it. Yeah, Oral Roberts played a great game. They had the two players, the guard and the forward, score a lot of points, mm-hmm. and they ended up winning 75-72. to 72. So that was probably one of the biggest upsets in the NC2A tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, another upset was 11 Syracuse over San Diego State. Um, next one would be 13 North Texas over 6 Purdue. Numbers 12 seed Oregon State over 5th seed Tennessee Mm -hmm. and 10 seed Rutgers over 7th seed Clemson. So we're going to talk about kind of the biggest upsets. So those were upsets. You guys can kind of look at the statistics if you would like. But that was day one. So that was the first day of the NC2A tournament. The next day, the game was Abilene Christian over number three, Texas. Abilene Christian won 53-52 to in a nail-biter. They hit two free throws to win the game. It was a crazy game. And Cassie, what do you have on this game? I just think the turnovers here were key. Um, I love Texas. I love Shaka Smart as a coach. I had Texas going pretty far. But they had 22 turnovers. Abilene Christian played them hard. They came in not afraid. And they only turned the ball over nine times. Because if you look at the statistics, Texas actually shot the ball better. Um, They had higher percentage. They were kind of the same in rebounds and all sorts of other statistics. But when it comes down to it, if you turn the ball over 22 times in a game, you're most likely not going to win. Yeah, that was a lot of turnovers. Um, but also the the person who hit the two free throws mm. are the is the worst 
a free throw shooter on their team, which is crazy because he really came to shine and he shined at that moment and they ended up winning, which was pretty cool. So the next games were Ohio, number 13 Ohio over four Virginia, number 10 seed Maryland over seventh seed UConn, and number 11 seed UCLA over six, uh, six seed BYU. Um, Cassie, out of those three games, we didn't talk about the first day, but out of those three games, what game did not surprise you the most? What upset did not surprise you the most? I would say the one that didn't surprise me the most is probably UCLA BYU. Um, UCLA, once they beat Michigan State to get into the tournament, I knew from there that they were just going to be tough. Michigan State always shows up for the tournament. Doesn't matter how their season goes, if they make it to the tournament, they're always tough. And I just thought UCLA beating them was impressive. And I knew that momentum was probably going to carry over into the next couple of rounds. Okay, yeah, I agree with you. I kind of took Michigan State or UCLA going pretty far. I mm-hmm. predicted they would do pretty good. So <clears throat> that was one of the uh, upsets for me that was not that surprising. Yep. Okay, so now day three, which is round the round of 32 teams. So now a bunch of teams have gotten eliminated. Next teams play each other. The second best upset was Lil, number eight seed Loyola Chicago over number one seed Illinois, Loyola Chicago won uh, 71 to 58. Cassie, what were some key players or some key statistics that led Loyola Chicago to the W? I think, well, a few things. One, Loyola Chicago is known for their fans and their support. And I think that that just gives them momentum at tournament time. We saw them two years ago um, where they also were just totally supported. I believe it was two years ago. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, when you get to this stage, that just changes things. Right. And I think Illinois, again, they came in thinking they just were going to smash and it was going to be an easy game. They're a one seed and they didn't show up to play. They had 17 turnovers to Loyola Chicago's 10. Crazy. Um, it was a battle of the centers, which I thought was interesting. Um, number 12, I believe on Loyola Chicago actually came off of the bench as well with 14 points in 18 minutes. Um, I think that also, you know, when you have people coming up and surprising, that probably added to how much that they beat Illinois by. Um, but I think, again, turnovers are key. There's a lot, you know, you may not be the best scorer. You may not have the highest percentage shooting. But if you play defense really well and you cause the other team to turn it over, you definitely have a chance. And they they took it and ran with it. <laughs> yeah, this is another game that busted a lot of people's yeah. brackets because number one seed Illinois was projected to do really, really well in mm-hmm. the tournament. And they ended up just falling short. They just didn't play well. Um, their leading scorer was their center. So like Cassie said, battle of the centers, uh, loyal Chicago center had 19 points. And then Illinois center had 21 points. Mm -hmm. Loyal Chicago just shot. Well, they did a good job. It was 71 to 58. They played Mm -hmm. good defense. Um, and it was a crazy game because, uh, loyal Chicago has this fan and her name is sister Jean. I believe so. Yeah. And she is 101 years old, and she is a diehard Loyola Chicago fan. So she ended up actually going to the game, mm-hmm. and she saw her Loyola Chicago team beat Illinois. So for me, that was like a really cool moment that she was able to see her team go farther than she probably mm-hmm. thought they would. But one thing that was funny 
was she sent she did a prayer with all of the players and uh sent a prayer out to hopefully they would win um and it was super funny because it's like it, it, not a lot of people like pray that their team is gonna win they right. just kind of see what happens but yep. I thought that was a fun takeaway from that mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. so the next game is on the same day is Oral Roberts is still alive, obviously, yeah. and they play Florida and they win a Cinderella story in the making. They win 81 to 78. Florida's a seven seed. Again, Oral Roberts is a 15 seed. Um, and again, turnovers were key here. Mm-hmm. Florida had 19 turnovers. Mm-hmm. And what else did you have for this game, Cassie? You know, Oral Roberts is just. I would say playing out of their minds. I mean, you have those two players again, number three and zero, who are scoring 26 and 28 points that game. They're each playing 40 minutes. I mean, they're not getting a break, and they're still – their accuracy is crazy. I will say, too, looking at free throws, free throws are so important. And I wanted to add, too, on the Texas game, that when that guy – I don't remember his number, but when he went two for two, he went two for two the whole game, and his two free throws were at the end of the game. Yeah. And I just think that pressure, because they only won by one, Yeah. but that pressure and to knock those down, it's so important. I mean, they're free points, right? You have to be able to see But everyone's watching you, and it's the game on the line, your season on the line. Yep, and Oral Roberts. Crazy pressure. They shot 19 for 23 at free throws, and they won by what? Eight, a, a three, I believe. Yeah, 81 to 78. Yeah. So, f- uh, yeah, three. I mean, and their free throws were pretty darn good, and I think also that's key. They seem to be really capitalizing and executing on taking the ball in the turnovers and getting to the getting to the hoop. Yeah, they played really well. Um, one thing, though, is down the stretch, they might do – they might – kind of fall short because they have two Mm -hmm. players right now that are playing really well. Mm -hmm. But if one of them goes cold, you just don't know what could happen. Mm -hmm. If they fall against – like the next team they're going to play against is Oregon State. So I don't know how that will go down. But if they go cold, one of their good players goes cold, they have a low chance of winning just because Mm -hmm. of the fact that everyone else isn't picking up the slack. It's those two guys playing all game long, and they're playing like out of their minds, which is crazy. But they're probably going to get tired at some point, and it might not be enough to lead them to um, like a really good – I mean, they're still doing really well. Uh, Oh, sorry, not Oregon State, my bad. It would be um, Arkansas. Arkansas. So – It will be interesting to see. I hope they win, but I don't know how they'll do against Arkansas. It's a lot for two players to take on that much. But who knows? Maybe the rest of them will step up. So the last upset on day three was Oregon State. So I mixed up Loyal Chicago and Oral Roberts. Forgive me. So Oregon State um, over Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. OSU versus OSU. Both black and orange. Kind of a fun little um fact about that game um but Oregon State won as a 12 seed over the fourth seed Oklahoma State uh Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State are out of the tournament now and so Oregon State's moving on Mm -hmm. so the last day of the round of 32 there was only two upsets this day and both of them were by the Pac-12 firstly Oregon number seven seed Oregon beat number Two seed Iowa, and personally, I am an Oregon Ducks fan, so this was <laughs> awesome because we just beat a number two seed, and but we did not stop Garza, 
Garza had 36 yeah. points, just destroyed Oregon. He it was his last game of his college career, really emotional. And he was Great in 36 career. minutes. Yeah, 36 minutes, 36 points. That's crazy. Yeah. He played really, really well. Um, so Cassie, what are some other takeaways from this game? I one thing that about Oregon that is interesting, I didn't get to watch this game fully, but um looking at the stats, they shot, you know, eleven for twenty-five from three. That's pretty good. I looking at their points across their starters, it's pretty spread out. They're playing really good team ball and they're they're executing on their shots. Um it is a big feat um to uh beat Garza's team. I mean, I I would have never, ever, ever thought that Oregon would beat Iowa, but they showed up and they came to play. And, you know, at some point, too, with Iowa, they only had their two starter. They had two starters out of five that really kind of showed up to play. I believe three out of their five starters didn't score that game. Um, And that hurts you. You need everyone to show up. It can't just be on those two people. There were a couple bench points, but for the most part, it was number 10 Garza and, or no, I'm sorry. It was Garza and then number 10 also had 17. So at some point when you get to this point in the tournament, that that's may not be enough, which could be interesting with Oral Roberts to see if that will also be enough with their two players. Yeah. Um, Oregon played really well mm-hmm. and they won 95 to 80. So a fun factor that game is that Oregon and Iowa scored 100 points combined in the first half alone. Mm-hmm. Some games didn't even get to 50 points in the first half. Just crazy. Oregon won 95 to 80. Like Cassie said, Oregon really shared the ball. Um, rather, Iowa did the exact opposite. They had three starters that didn't score any points, kind of repeating what Cassie mm-hmm. said. Um, and it will be fun to see how Oregon plays down the stretch. I don't know how they're going to do against USC as their next opponent, but it will be fun to see if they share the ball because they passed really well and they shot really well. They passed the ball. Um, so, yeah, it will be fun to see how they do later in the tournament. Yes, it will. So the last game of day four, the second day of round 32, is number six seed USC over number three seed Kansas before we move on, Cassie, was this expected in your opinion? Or what was this game? What did you think would happen in this game? Look, I am a Northwest girl. <laughs> and I love the Pac-12, but I was not expecting them to show up to this tournament the way that they have. I sometimes feel like the East Coast has tougher leagues. And so I just think when it comes to tournament time, the Pac-12 just isn't ready. But wow, and USC came to play. I think Kansas was also pretty unpredictable all season. They kind of did pretty well, but then didn't also for a while. And so I don't think I'm totally surprised that Kansas lost. I think I'm probably more surprised that USC is the one that beat them. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's a good good opinion on it. So Mm -hmm. USC over number three, Kansas, like I said, and then Oregon will be playing USC, a Pac-12 game. Crazy. um, Next in the Sweet 16, which Mm -hmm. will be a fun game to watch. Mm -hmm. So now after all these upsets, some good games. So not necessarily I'm talking about like close scores, down to the wire, last shot, like crazy games. And so the first game I want to talk about is UCSB uh, scored 62 points. They were the 12th seed to 63 points. Creighton at the five seed. Cassie, 
what do you think are some key takeaways for this game? Um, I this one was a heartbreaker. I I will say I had Creighton on my bracket to win, but UCSB, we have someone really close to our family that played on that team and they showed up to play. I think this game was a good one of matchups. I think you can have the seeding, but when you have a team that matches up really well skill-wise and size-wise and tempo of the game-wise, they had really good guards that they just they went back and forth and I that it was a really good game, but it was a heartbreaker. I was actually rooting against Creighton at the end there um, because I just was so hoping for – I just was really, really, really surprised. Again, it's that West Coast showing up Yeah. again, and they're not in the Pac-12, UCSB isn't, but, man, they showed up and came to play. So that was a very fun game to watch. It was a definitely a fun game to watch, but kind of what Cassie said is, like, you could have – like, Oral Roberts is a 15 to a 2 – but they mm. win, and so it doesn't really matter on what their seed is. It's how they play, how their play style. Mm-hmm. Some teams are fast, some teams are slow, some teams are better passers, better shooters, three-pointers, whatever. Um, but I think this was a very good game. It was really fun to watch. Um, yeah, it was uh, one of the good games of the weekend. Mm-hmm. The next game is Texas Tech to Arkansas. This was a a hard game for Texas Tech because right at the end, the guy missed a wide-open layup to tie it. Wide open. Wide open. (laughs) Crazy. It's it's so bad for those Texas Tech players. He was so close. Um, Arkansas won 68-66. Texas Tech is a six seed, and Arkansas is a three seed. Cassie, what did you think about this game? I think they just – kind of played neck and neck the whole game. I mean, their stats are really similar in a lot of ways. I think the difference is probably that, you know, uh, Arkansas. Well, that is interesting, actually, now that I look at it. Texas Tech outscored them from the three percentage-wise almost by double. They went 10 for 20, um, and their free throws were very similar, 12 for 18 and 12 for 17. So I think it just – this one came down to the last few seconds, and – Texas Tech wasn't able to finish, even though I was rooting for him. Yeah, it was a crazy finish. It was tough. I had Texas Tech on my bracket. Um, But, yeah, it was a great game. Um, So, now the last game that, in my opinion, was a good game that we haven't already talked over would be the Syracuse, Mm -hmm. number 11 Syracuse, 75 points to number 3 West Virginia, who had 72 points. Um... From just watching this game or reading statistics, Cassie, what do you think about this one? Syracuse shot lights out. I mean, they came out in that first half just firing. There wasn't a whole lot you could do to defend it. I mean, I would say that West Virginia tried pretty hard. And I think on the opposite end, though, in that first half, West Virginia didn't score. (laughs) They, you know, I think they were just so kind of thrown off with Syracuse just knocking down these threes from deep. I mean, it was not wide open. I mean, they were deep threes that were heavily guarded. And so they didn't um, execute on their offense. But then second half, I believe they played fairly um, close, like their scoring wise, like they almost, I think they stayed within the second half for sure, West Virginia. However, you know, when you get down by that much from all those threes, it's hard to come back from. Yeah, but that was a that was a surprise. Syracuse really came to play. 
Yeah, tournament. they really came to play. They played really well. They shot a lot of threes. They shot a lot of deep threes. Mm-hmm. And um, Buddy Boheim, the mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Boheim. Yeah. Boheim. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, is the coach's son, mm-hmm. and it was cool to see. Uh, it might have been in the earlier game, but he passed his dad's record for most points scored in the game. The dad had 29 at Syracuse. The guy, yep. dad had 29. And the son had 30, which was super cool for me to see. Um, I also yeah. believe, and we may need to fact check this, but I believe they were saying too that the West Virginia coach, Bobby Huggins, actually mm-hmm. played for Jimmy Bayheim. Really? I believe it was he played either. I think it was he played for him. Yeah, I was shocked. Fact check that. But I think that that is also what happened. Like right when Jim Bayheim like just started coaching, was right at the end, I think, of Bobby Huggins' career there. But I'm cool. Maybe I'll look that up. But yeah, um, um, that was interesting too. So fun fact. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I kind of forgot to talk about was that you might have not, if you guys are not following the NCAA tournament or just kind of watching it, um, Oregon, going back to that Oregon game, they actually has only played one game in the tournament because. Mm they had a free pass over uh, VCU because VCU had COVID. And so they moved on to Iowa without playing a game, which is interesting to me because any team could get COVID at any point in Mm -hmm. time. Baylor could get COVID. Gonzaga could get COVID. Like any team, Loyola Chicago, any team that is in the bracket right now could get COVID and it could change the whole dynamic and the whole NCAA tournament. So, do you think any more teams will get COVID down once we get to the end or maybe about now? I mean, obviously, I hope not. I don't know all of the protocols that are in place. I know that they were testing and testing until, like, Tuesday was before it all started was kind of when those other teams that were almost on a wait list, right, were able to replace. So, it was really shocking that they passed the Tuesday mark VCU and they were, you know, ready to play. We didn't hear until like literally game day that someone came down with COVID. So I believe, I got to believe though, now that because they're in this bubble, it won't happen any further out. Um, But again, we just don't know, but I'm hopeful it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't happen because that could be horrible for any team right now. It doesn't matter like, who you are. It doesn't matter if you're the best of the best or the worst team in the bracket right now. It could happen to anyone at any time, and that would be really sad for all the players, the coaches. That would just be a hard way to end end the season. Mm -hmm. So um, what we've been talking about is a lot – me and Cassie have been talking about a lot of West Coast teams have kind of shocked people because when – West Coast teams play, it's probably about like midnight when East Coast um when East Coast like teams or people watch them. So they don't really watch a lot of teams. So one stat that I found was that the Pac twelve right now is nine and one in the tournament. And a lot of people did not expect the Pac twelve to be that good, but a lot of people have not really watched them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be biased or anything. Um, but the Pac-12 has done really well, and it's fun to see them do well. But also, there's also some very good teams out there besides the Pac-12, like Gonzaga, Baylor, Loyola Chicago's playing well. Um, so it'll be fun to see how it all ends out in the end, the championship, how it all comes out to an end. 
And yeah, well, thank you, Cassie, so much for doing this podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I hope you all did enjoy today's episode of the Sports Report with Ryan, March Madness with Cassie. It was really fun talking about all the games and the upsets, and I'm super excited for the next games that start on Saturday, the Sweet 16. Super excited to see more upsets and to see which teams play well. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review, and I'll see you guys in the next one.